Hey everyone, I'm Phil. I lead the team at St. Paul Shadwell here in the heart of East London and we are well into the autumn term. Can you believe it is already the middle of October? And we are thinking about light parties and fireworks parties and dare I say Christmas. <laughs> yeah, life and plans still feel a little tentative, but it's good news. Good things are coming, which is something that we love to talk about, isn't it? Good news. It's never hard to share. It's something we love to do. And we're going to be thinking a little bit about that dynamic together today. We're currently taking some time to explore what it looks like for me and for you to be a disciple of Jesus. And last week, I was sharing with you that there are two eyes in disciple, intimacy and imitation. So let's jump back into Mark 3, where we see both of these key ideas. So reading from verse 13. Jesus went up on a mountainside and he called to him those he wanted and they came to him he appointed 12 who he also named apostles that they might be with him intimacy you see Jesus wants his first century disciples and his 21st century disciples to be close to him so Jesus calls his disciples that they might be with him that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. You know, last week we saw that intimacy leads to imitation. Jesus drew his disciples close so that they might imitate him. You know, he launches them out to preach and to have authority over evil and the darkness that was all around, which is exactly what Jesus had been doing. You know, imitating Jesus requires action. Jesus was active, and so should we be. And, and what does that action look like? Well, we see here that Jesus' disciples are being sent to imitate Jesus by being preachers and exorcists. Did you know that that is what you are called to? Now, these are incredible verbs here in Mark 3. Uh, to preach, which is to proclaim or to herald, especially good news, and to take authority, to confront and to cast out evil with the love of Jesus. And today we're going to focus on the first of those actions, imitating Jesus by preaching. And so if you're interested in exorcism, then make sure you come back next week. Hey, why don't we pray? Jesus, thank you for inviting us close. As we become more intimate with you, may we become better imitators of you. As we take these moments to gaze on you and your word together now, would you meet with us? Would you mould us, make us a little bit more like you than when we began? Amen. Amen. Hey, what you preach will make an impact. Now, you may be thinking, well, hey, Phil, I am not a preacher. Well, I want to tell you today that you are a preacher. We are all preachers. 
Yeah, you may not get on a platform or be recorded on a video or, or plan out and research for a piece of public speaking, but we are all preaching something. And it makes a difference. What you say, the opinions that you vocalise, the news that you share, shapes the world around you. And that is a good thing, because it's one of the ways that you get to imitate Jesus. It is so important for us to understand that our words are powerful. Even in a small way, we know that one word from someone can derail our whole day and leave us lying awake at night, stewing on it. Or more positively, a small encouragement or just hearing some good news can boost you for the rest of the day, fill you with energy, creativity, focus, motivation. Words are powerful. And we see this right at the beginning in in the Genesis account as God breathes life into creation with words. Let there be. And it was so. Now the very agent of creation was a word. God then speaks life into man and, and woman, creating them in his own image to reflect him in creation, commissioned to speak and to rule over the earth. They speak names and commands, and and with that, they begin to shape and reshape their world. Words are powerful agents of creation and change because God designed it that way. And just as in creation, Jesus' ministry on earth as a man was marked by words. He moved about from place to place with his disciples, and he preached Sometimes to lots of people, sometimes to just one. Sometimes in a very public way, more often in a quiet space where only a few would hear. But wherever Jesus preached, people didn't just watch or listen and say, "Ah, good one, Jesus. No, when Jesus preached, lives were changed. Time and time again, throughout the Gospels, we read that Jesus preaches and people are healed. He speaks and demons are cast out. He tells a story and thousands of people are fed. Jesus' words create and they bring about change. And his disciples got close enough to see this. And then they went out and did it too. And today, in 2021, Jesus' disciples are still being sent out to imitate him by using the power of words to reflect and release the power of God in the world. Okay, so come on. What does this really mean for me and for you today? And what does it mean not on a Sunday, but on a Monday? Well, thankfully, I am not the only person preaching about preaching. Okay, Jesus did that too. And so we've got something really good to go on. In Luke 4, Jesus was back in his hometown in Nazareth, and he's been preaching and teaching. And one day, he's in the synagogue. 
and we're told this. He stood up to read and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Then he rolled up the scroll, he gave it back to the attendant and he sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fast on him. And he began saying to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Boom, <laughs> mic drop moment. You know, this is an incredible piece of scripture. Jesus quotes from the prophet Isaiah and he claims himself to be the one who will preach good news, freedom and recovery. Wow, good news, freedom and recovery. Is that not what this world so desperately needs? In a culture of salacious news feeds full of negativity uh, and a world where people are, are taken captive in so many ways and, and where so many of us are desperately seeking healing, restoration and recovery, we get to imitate Jesus and preach good news, freedom and recovery. These are the words of life that we have been commissioned with, sent out to speak in our schools and our workplaces, down the pub, on the street. So first, good news. Now let's never forget that what we have to share is genuinely good news. It, it's not no news is good news. It's not even do you want the good news or the bad news. It's genuine, total complete good news and the good news is that life in Jesus means that when we look at our world when we look at our own life situations death is no longer the end darkness is no longer as dark as we thought there is always always hope there is always a God who loves you who is faithful who is rooting for you and stands with you in your difficulties it's good news for the poor. It's good news for those whose society is rejected. It's good news for people buckling under the pressure of their jobs. It's good news for those of us who are bereaved or ill or anxious. It's good news for our friends and our neighbours who are lonely, who don't know how they fit in. It's good news for people doing the school run, commuting to work, working from home, but with no work right now. It is good news. Now, of course, as we seek to be people who are ready to share this good news with others, firstly, we need to know it for ourselves. And, and there are always parts of our lives which need re-evangelizing. We need to preach the good news to ourselves first on a daily basis, which is something that happens in that place of intimacy with Jesus. And if you're not close with Jesus, you will not have good news to share. 
Remember, there are two eyes in disciple. You need to be intimate with Jesus to imitate Jesus. Do go back and listen again to to last week's message where we open that up a little bit more. And and do seek others to journey with in this. Make sure that you're, you're in a dock. Let's be reminding each other and ourselves every day that God is good. And then we get to carry this good news to others. Yeah, something that I've found really helpful is a gratitude journal. Now, I'd really encourage you to regularly make a note of your stories of good news, the stories of your life. It's a great practice. It's a great way of drawing close to Jesus. Each one of us has small and not so small stories and examples of how Jesus has made a difference in our lives. How has Jesus been good news for you. you know, Join this stuff down will help you remember and it will help you think about how you might want to tell others. Yeah, maybe practice, practice how you could communicate them. Learn your good news stories and then ask the Holy Spirit for opportunities to share them as you go about your day because that is what preaching is really all about. You know, sometimes we can think of people like we see them on the tube. You know, we all know the unspoken rule of the tube is you don't speak to anyone on the tube. You don't even make eye contact. And ideally, you don't do anything, which means anyone needs to acknowledge your presence. But there's always that one person, isn't there? You know, maybe a tourist or just some maverick who tries to strike up a conversation. And if you're anything like me, you inwardly groan or you know if you're witnessing it all play out down the the other end of the carriage you're just praying that you won't be next but the world outside of the London underground is not like that people are ready and willing to hear good news being told yeah for the most part they won't be bored or offended and that's why good news travels so fast we love it we want to hear it We need to hear it. So let's be the ones to preach it. So just like Jesus, we preach good news. What about preaching freedom? Well, we know that even though we live in a country where we are afforded freedoms that many others around the world aren't, there is still so much that binds us that keeps us in chains, that stops us from walking in the true freedom that we could know in Jesus. How many of us, or those we know, are bound by anxiety or depression? How many people around us feel trapped in cycles of despair or addiction or forms of poverty? And maybe we feel trapped in unhelpful habits in our lives that are causing destruction or or maybe we're trapped in relationships that don't give us life. This stuff can hold us captive and keep us from lifting our eyes to the hope that is in front of us. Just like Jesus, we get to preach freedom, to proclaim liberty, to declare that there is a different 
way. And remember, your words are powerful. They have the power to create and to bring about change because that's how God designed it to be. And this, this might be something that is particularly challenging for some of us today. You know, maybe as I've been speaking, you've been thinking of a friend or, or a colleague, someone in your family maybe. And what would it look like for you to preach freedom to them? Probably sounds like a big task. <laughs> but actually, when we look at the way that Jesus operated in Scripture, well, he kept it really simple. Simple words of encouragement, of hope, of faith. It might be as simple as choosing to say to someone, I believe things can be different for you. I believe there's more for you. There is hope in Jesus for you. you know, when we speak these words, we aren't just describing how things currently are. We are preaching prophetically. We're speaking things into being just like God in creation, just like Jesus. Let there be life. And with our words, as we imitate Jesus and through the power of his Holy Spirit in us, we will see situations changed, new life released, freedom for the captives. And lastly, as we spend time with Jesus, we also see how again and again, his words bring recovery, healing. And again, Jesus keeps it simple. There's an amazing story of a woman who has been bleeding for 12 years, seeing loads of different doctors, spending all of her money and only seeing her condition worsen and worsen. Desperate, she, she pushes through a crowd. If only she could just come close to Jesus and she touches the, the hem of his cloak. And Jesus spins around and he says to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Be freed from your suffering. What an incredible, powerful, simple word of good news, of freedom, of recovery. The woman is healed of her long-term affliction. Uh, this isn't Jesus preaching on a stage and his words weren't pre-planned or rehearsed. This is Jesus when he was in a crowded street moving from A to B with his disciples. He's going about his normal business. And that is when preaching is really powerful. And that's what each one of us are called to imitate. And next week, we're, we're going to continue on this trajectory as we look at what it means to be people who imitate Jesus by taking the authority that he has given us to confront evil and the darkness that we see around us. But today, I want to encourage you to preach to preach like Jesus, to know that the spirit of the Lord is on you because he has anointed you to proclaim good news, freedom, recovery, to proclaim the Lord's favor. Now the words of your mouth are powerful and prophetic. With them, you can create 
and bring about a change in Jesus' name. So let's not just believe that God has more for the people that we meet. Let's tell them. Amen.